Support for WIPR's podcasts comes from Brightview Senior Living. Since 1999, Brightview has proudly served Greater Baltimore with vibrant, independent living, assisted living, memory care, and enhanced care. Find a community near you at brightviewseniorliving.com. Dad, you were a hippie back in the day. You had long hair, you were a drummer, you uh, protested the Vietnam War, and you have always told me you never smoked weed. I was just going through a really tough time. I had to go around begging my professors to fail me that year because <laughs> I said, I'm not ready to go to the hospital yet. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. I'm Laura Wexler. And I'm Jessica Hinken. This week on the podcast, Real Talk. Two children who want to stop being polite and start getting real with their parents. That's a nice um, reference to the real world. Yeah, yeah. Which very few people would probably... Well, it depends on who I think our listening audience probably... Yeah, and also, didn't they have a reunion recently? Did they? I don't think anyone watched it, but... (laughs) I'd like to see the Nielsen ratings on that. All right, so this first story was shared at a show we did uh, this spring mm-hmm. at um, Johns Hopkins Carey School of Business with their Women in Business student group. Yep, so this is from Laura Flynn Eldridge, and it is a story, um, it's got a lot of elements to it. It's a travel story, it's um, a, a father-daughter story, it's a car don't, story, but most important, Don't say you're going to give it away. It's a real talk story. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Take a listen. A few years ago, I drove across the country with my dad from Riverside, California to Baltimore. Originally, my dad planned to just go as far as the Denver airport with me. He was really excited about going to all the national parks, but did not want to drive through those cornfields in Nebraska and Iowa and all that boring stuff. So uh, I talked to my mom the next day about his plan, and she said, oh, no, not my little girl. You're not driving all the way by yourself from Denver to Baltimore. Your dad is driving with you the whole way. He doesn't know it yet, but that's what he's doing. Talked to my dad the next day, and I was like, so, Dad, here you're going the whole way across country with me now. And he was like, yeah, that's what I hear, too. So a few things you should know about my family before you're in that silver Ultima driving to Baltimore from California. We grew up very Catholic. We had a Catholic school, Catholic friends, a Catholic swim team that was called the Holy Mackerels. (laughs) And um, in some way, somehow, I got the message from my community, my family, somehow, that you have to hide who you are, parts of who you are, in order to protect yourself and protect others. It wasn't safe to be fully honest about who you are. So that's years and years of therapy in like one sentence. But um, yeah, as I grew up, I eventually 
moved away from Catholicism, and I embraced Zen Buddhism, and then later every kind of woo-woo spirituality you can imagine. My relationship with my dad, however, as I grew up, stayed static. It was uh, kind of stuck in time, you know, the same for, for years, 20 years maybe. And we were kind of in that, in that family dynamic still of, you know, holding secrets back, that kind of thing. Not showing our authentic selves to each other in a, in a way that I would have loved, you know, in my, me being in my 30s and he was in his 60s. So if you can imagine being in the car for 53 hours with a person in a two-by-three-foot space, you know. I, however, was very lucky because I got to know my dad's true, authentic self, and I shared who I really am with him, too. And it was an honor to do this. And uh, we really bonded on our sense of adventure. We went to White Sands National Monument in New Mexico. Highly recommend that. Star Wars was filmed there. There are mountains of sand dunes. It's gorgeous. Grand Canyon. Zion National Park, also amazing. And as we were in Utah, crossing the border over into Colorado, uh, I said to my dad, Dad, you were a hippie back in the day. You had long hair. You were a drummer. You uh, protested the Vietnam War. Uh, And you have always told me, the last 30 years of my life, you never smoked weed. And mind you, this is in Colorado where weed had been legal for about 10 years. And uh, there were dispensaries aplenty around the state we were about to enter. And my dad said, no, no, I never did. And I said, really? You sure? Not even once? And he said, fine, I was a total pothead. I even grew it in my closet. Your mom made me stop, and then she made me promise never to tell you. And I was like, victory! So as you can imagine, we're on our way to our hotel, uh, or Airbnb, I guess. And there are several dispensaries along the way. So we stop in one, and I really can't imagine my dad, you know, 40 years ago, he was growing it in his closet. 40 years later, it's like Candyland with packages of, of edibles and nice people who are very knowledgeable about all this. So uh, we drive the next day to Rocky Mountain National Park. And it's a beautiful day. We go to a field where there is no one else around. There's mountains and expansive blue sky. And it's just so beautiful. It's like Fräulein Maria spinning around in the field in the sound of music, that kind of, that kind of feeling. So we were there. There was no one else around. And my dad was about 15, 20 feet away from me. And he closes his eyes, and he says, 
Listen to the Spirit. And in that moment, there was no Catholicism. There was no woo-woo spirituality. Nothing needed to be different. It didn't matter who we were to each other. Everything was beautiful exactly the way it was. We continued on into the cornfields of Nebraska and then Iowa, stopped at Grinnell College, his alma mater. Uh, just He gave me a tour of the campus, and we made a ridiculous TikTok video around the admissions office. Um, it wasn't really TikTok. It was, like, way amateur, and I think we were the only people who thought it was funny, even though we, you know, shared it with all our family and friends. Um, yeah, we continued on to Pennsylvania, well, actually, I think it was Ohio, maybe Pennsylvania, where my dad at one point says, I never knew I had so much to say. As we close in on Baltimore, actually, I dropped him off in Northern Virginia where he lives. Um, he says, well, he, he brings out, you know, the chocolate that he uh, got in Colorado. And... <laughs> I said, Dad, you better hide that really well. You know Mom finds everything, and I do not want to see Oliver, the family dog, on 100 milligrams THC. I really wanted my parents here tonight and hearing me tell this story. But a couple weeks ago, I called my dad, and I was like, hey, you know, I, I'm telling the story. I'm so excited. Would love, would love for you to be there, really. And he, he said, hey, you know, if I go, your mom has to go. And your mom can't come because she doesn't know about any of this at all, this whole weed thing. Nope. Still doesn't know about it. So I'm sorry, we can't come. I was really disappointed. A couple hours later calls me back. He says, well, I told your mother everything. We'll see you on March 9th. My dad is a brave man. <laughs> and they are here tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to end with a uh, poem by Rumi. Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. Yeah, so when you introduced the story, I thought you were going to say it's a weed, weed story. story. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. well so what was spoiler. great was that her parents were at um, <laughs> the show when she shared the story. And I just thought, I found it so interesting that her father had been really concerned about his the mom knowing yeah. that he like about his weed smoking past and so apparently it was all okay. Yeah. And I believe I did say something like hey are you high or something like that when I saw him at the show. Yeah. Cuz that's classy. Yeah. Support for WYPR's podcasts comes from Catholic Charities. Celebrating its centennial in 2023, Catholic Charities is the largest private provider of social services in Maryland. Learn more about this movement to change lives at cc-md.org. So this next storyteller 
is Sarthi Manchanda. And he, I remember him coming up on stage. He was really nervous. He was really vulnerable. He was an audience storyteller at the same show. Well, actually, remember first he was taking everyone's picture. Oh, that's right. Because he was a volunteer. He was yeah. helping out. And it was a women in business thing at Johns Hopkins. Yeah. And he just was, like, so funny. He was wearing, like, a really fun outfit, like a painter's cap and, like, you know, yeah. maybe a half shirt. I can't no. remember. <laughs> Unreliable narrator. In my uh, memory, he was wearing a half shirt. Anyway, he was fun. Is he what was I, great. And, and then, this, this story felt like something he needed to tell and was still really, like, struggling with and it's always just such an honor to be with someone when they're when they're opening up like that take a listen i am uh, signed up for this event to listen then i got to know some of my friends are speaking then i signed up to take pictures just <laughs> and now i signed up for this i'm hogging every space there is here I'm just not a featured storyteller because I'm not a woman, but that's okay. I'll take up less time. I did not have anything prepared, but hearing Brittany and Abby and Laura's stories, I just, I felt it, what connected with me um, very deeply was when Abby shared that there are certain feelings that just in different forms, locations go around to people. And that's what connects us. And just listening to the whole story, uh, Laura's story about how she got high with her dad <laughs> was so, um, it was kind of cute and reminiscent for me because I went through a tough time and started consuming marijuana and I did not tell anyone at home. And I come from a very conservative, religious family my parents don't even eat meat or eggs or onions and garlic. And it was very restrictive. Um, and for me to tell my father all in one conversation. Now, this is at the end of medical school and I am depressed. I am suicidal. I have been consuming marijuana more than I should be. Especially not where I should be, given that I was a medical student. And... I was just going through a really tough time. I had to go around begging my professors to fail me that year because <laughs> I said, I'm not ready to go to the hospital yet. Uh, you you have to just make sure I don't touch the patients <laughs> because I'm not equipped. And I took my exams. I cleared them. I would like to still say that I'm a very good doctor and my patients love me, <laughs> loved me. I no longer see patients. But after that, my and during this time, my father had cancer and he had to get surgery. And so it was just difficult because I was going through my own troubles. I couldn't really tell him what I'm going through. I couldn't even be there for him as he had surgery because I had to go through my final exams. But towards the end... A few months after that, he recovered, he got his radiation, he was finally in remission, and I was still depressed. I finally had a chance. And I'm driving somewhere, um, my sister's on the call, she suddenly tells me, hey, let's take dad on the call with us. And so he asks me to explain what I'm going through, because I had to beg my parents to let me start therapy. And doesn't really work. 
at least in their heads because honestly my parents are not just like my mom is a high school graduate my dad didn't even complete that so for them to make sure i could be where i am it's still a bit it's a lot of mismatch between cultures and beliefs and as laura said <laughs> for me religion is just not my cup of tea but it was shoved down my throat it built up a lot of resentment so there was a lot of gap between how i communicated with my parents and then i was going through things they didn't know nobody knew i'm gay um so that was a big conversation and i'm in the car and my sister says okay let's get dad on the call and it's finally a few months after i've started therapy i've begged them to let me start therapy and now i have to prove to him that yes there is value in this <laughs> as i'm sad and he says you're not the one who has cancer you're not the one who has to worry about running a family and just a bunch of list of things that are not supposed to be my troubles and i said but that's your troubles mine are just as valid and i just have to park on the side of the road because i cannot stop crying and i have to take my glasses off and the in the moment it's decided that okay you are not going to stay on campus anymore you're moving back to home because i i went to medical school in the same city as i'm from so i said okay i will move back and overnight i had to pack up everything in my car go back home and the next morning he just sits me down and he says just talk to me what's going on and i still didn't want to because it was years of not communicating years of me deviating from what i thought was the ideal path according to him and his beliefs and i just didn't want to open up so i'm just sitting there he keeps trying to create this open space and then he tells me a few stories of what he did and how he was not the most ethical person ever <laughs> best word i can think of many words i can but i won't say them because he's my father <laughs> but he just told me a few stories and he said okay look this is what i've been through so there, you're young there's nothing you have like you have your life ahead of you just tell me what's going on and so one after the other i tell him hey you know how just this year being gay was not illegal again in india it applies to me cuz i'm gay and i've had sex with men and i get high more than i should and i drink and i hate your religion and you just got a level with me on all of this cuz there is no going back for me and so one after the other i get this with like without skipping a beat he says well if you're gay that's not anything to do with me i cannot tell you how to live your life you're not doing anything wrong i've heard a glass of wine is healthy right <laughs> he's just trying to make light of the situation so i go in with but i don't have just one glass <laughs> more like a dozen <laughs> so he's concerned and then he says okay we can get you help with the getting high stuff and i said wow all i had to do was talk <laughs> and so it came back a full circle i did realize that he had gone through so much in his life and just there's so many things that are different yet just go across generations and without talking you can't you can't just i realized i was replicating behaviors and patterns that i thought were toxic 
and certain things that I thought made him not a good parent and I realized wait I do that exact same thing it's just I don't have kids so I do it to my friends and my family <laughs> but that's what it was so reconciliation I think it starts at home for me <laughs> so thanks It was really sweet, and and the crowd was just like, oh, they were so supportive of him. Yeah, and you could tell that a lot of his colleagues didn't maybe know that story about yeah. him. So, and in a world like Hopkins, which I, you know, I I'm just, a graduate. You're a graduate. I, we're up. both grad. You know, graduate. Not me. Oh, you're not. No, but no. you taught there. Yes. It definitely feels like a world in which there's a risk to being authentic like that. I think I think things are changing. Yeah. I think, um, but I think you know when I hear stories like that, I I think you know years ago, obviously, I would identify with the child in the story, and now I think like, okay, I'm a parent. What can I do to make sure my kid like really believes? they can be honest with me, you know, yeah. and they can tell me these things because nobody sets out to be the kind of parent where your child is afraid to show you who, oh, no, who they I, really that's are. The oh, that's you. Yeah, yeah, that's I right. You're doing want, a really great I, job. Thank you. I don't want to know anything. And if I find out about it, you better watch out. <laughs> Jessica's tips on parenting. <laughs> Meanwhile, Meanwhile, literally my kids tell me everything. Yeah, like, I know. No, like, See, it's almost like the opposite. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe I should have had some consequences yeah. or something. Or, anyway, it's or better. just be it's like, this way. yeah, you only need to tell me four-fifths yeah. of your life. Um, okay, before we get out of here today, we want to let you know that we have an upcoming live show that's free. It's Thursday, September 22nd, 7 p.m. at the Enoch Pratt Central Library. And the show is called Hidden in Plain Sight, Stories about the Powerful and Often Invisible Public Health Forces that Shape Our Lives. This is a show we're doing in partnership with Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health and the Enoch Pratt. It's going to be a great show featuring community members, scientists, activists, all sharing stories about these experiences that really, really do shape our lives, even if we're not aware of it. So please check out StoopStorytelling.com where you can register. Again, the show is free. Also check out all of our upcoming shows for this season. We will see you, hopefully in person, and definitely back here very soon with more stories from The Stoop. Thanks for listening. Oh, you're gonna wish that you had.